back for another episode of should have been a cowboy basketball season wrapped up um when was the last time that a team ended not in the ncaa tournament and you felt optimistic about how the season ended I feel more optimistic about how this season ended than a few of the ones that ended up in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel more optimistic after this season than I ever did in Travis Ford's tenure. Man, no, that's right. And that includes some NCAA tournament appearances. Yeah. I I don't know how he managed to back his way into so many. I don't don't know. (laughs) I I definitely feel a lot better about um, the future of OSU basketball after this season. Um, I a lot of it has to do with who's at the helm. Um, Mike Boynton. I I feel I I think he really the players really react to him, and they enjoy playing for him. I mean, a lot of it has to do. One thing that people keep saying about him is. Okay, we've seen what he can do the first season. Let's see how he recruits for a year or two and see if he really brings in some big time guys. So yeah. that's one. But but as far as the players relating to him, I think he has great rapport with the guys, and he's he's able to adjust while um, coaching um, with what's going on on the court. So I, I feel really comfortable with him as the head coach. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not just that. I mentioned before that the there was just a smart team. Mm-hmm. The fact that they would consistently at the end of, of halves go two for one in possessions yeah. at the end of like in the last minute of halves. College teams don't do that. Mm-hmm. Even even the good college teams don't always don't always try for that. And that's that was one thing that impressed me in the second half of the season was just, mm-hmm. you know, there's just no boneheaded plays going on. And, you know, that's the players. But I, th- I think they were prepared well. And, you know, it's not all Mike Boynton, but it's a lot him. And he's got a great staff. Yeah. He's got two guys on staff that were head coaches last season, John Cooper and Scott Sutton. And, you know, they they just managed to put together a really solid group which is not something that we've seen much of in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You see a and bunch really, of guys that look all the same. <laughs> and when you're a new coach, the number one thing you need to do right away is embrace the history of the program. Is to that's that's one of the first things you should do when you're head coach, especially if you have especially if that program has a long history, a good history of coaches and players, is to embrace the history, which is what Boy, one thing that Boynton has done is he'll bring back old players that, that have played at OSU. And one thing that Ford didn't do quite as much of, and, and didn't really embrace the history like Boynton's doing, which um, him coming in right away kind of adhered him to the fans. And they that, that was a plus right away Yeah, that he was able to do. Um, I mean, it, it was interesting because we're used to seeing the same old, same old. We're used to saying... Um, Brian Treves or um, who else? Uh, th- those type of players. And we've seen Desmond Mason at the games and so forth. But it was interesting um, this year because we saw Byron Eton and we saw... Boy, he's not uh, small. He is not a small man. No. <laughs> and we saw Jamal Brown and t- more recent players um, that played like five, six, seven years ago 
that was interesting because we I don't remember ever seeing them at a game before. And then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I mean, people like old players go to the games and they just go and nobody notices. I saw Alex mm-hmm. Weber at a game once. See, I don't think I'd recognize him. <laughs> He's a big dude. I, I I remember him, but I still have no idea what he looks like off the top of my head. You know, when you see when you walk past a guy who's six ten, yeah. he tends to stick out, and it's it's a lot easier to mm-hmm. to place him, even if you don't recognize him right away. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. I I do want to say um, that I was wanting to start off with, but I um, forgot we did. Um, record a pod about a week ago, so it hasn't been. It hasn't <laughs> been like two weeks or three weeks, which was the last pod that we um, posted. But we've recorded one since then, where we did a lot of complaining about OSU not making the Sibley tournament. Yeah, and about the NIT. Um, but th- the pod just did not work. It only recorded me. Yeah, it didn't <laughs> it didn't record any of you? any of what you said. Just what I said. Yeah, so I want people to know that we we did a great a lot of just airing our grievances about yeah. about the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Not so much that uh, OSU didn't get OU. in, but about who did. And yes, yes, about not getting in, and then about a certain team getting in over us. Um, and we had great points; it was amazing. Um, but so if so, I'm I'm sorry if people missed that. Um, <laughs> it's been a long enough time that I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so we're not gonna we're not gonna complain about it again. <laughs> I just wanted if people came and thought why didn't they complain? <laughs> I wanted people to know because people um, had commented that they were looking forward to it on face on my Facebook wall, and I never explained that actually. I wasn't going to post it. So yeah. I'm wondering if people saw me post about recording a pod and then just thought I decided not to post it. I don't know. And I, I never explained it. So I wanted to explain that we did record one, but it was only you. So that that might have been fun to listen to, though. I, no, I guess it wouldn't you have been. It. It, w- it wouldn't have been any fun. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. Are you telling me and, that there wasn't a, a massive public outcry after you didn't post the last one? Um, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm shocked, <laughs> and people were not beating down my door. Well, that's good. Um, asking to listen to the latest pod. <laughs> so. I'm assuming that only means that nobody actually listens to us. This is just for our benefit. So, well, yeah, <laughs> but but I, I I'm I'm enjoying it. So that's all that matters, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back back about the team. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I I'm I I really like where OSU's heading. And one thing that I've one thing that I've been impressed with this year is um, Boynton kept talking about um, Mitchell Solomon being the MVP of the team. Yeah, and it was one of those things that early when he said that it was kind of laughable. Yeah, and a lot of people thought that, that was ridiculous. I mean, we have Carroll, who's most people would say is our best returning player, and a lot of other really good players. How can he be? And as the season went on, everybody started seeing what he was talking about. Yeah. And his 
um, Solomon's improvement from when he got here to his senior year has been just astounding. Definitely. I yeah, did not. I did not expect this com- this year coming. Yeah, um, I think that goes back to coaching. <laughs> and I hate yeah. saying that, but that's kind of true. Yeah, and also I think Solomon's one of those players, though, that when you watch him play, you know, effort is always going to be there. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably he'll dive on the floor five times a game. I mean, <laughs> for yeah. a loose ball. Which, While Trey Young is uh, telling the ref that he should be called for traveling. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, diving for a loose ball, like, as often as he does, and just going full effort is something that you hope every player does, but, but it's not really that common. I mean, just to go full 100% for the whole game. Yeah, with, with, uh, no, regard, so, with no regard for their yeah. personal safety. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, that I mean, that's a part of it. You can tell that he was one. You, I mean, you could tell after the NIT games um, by how emotional he was, how much OSU play, and playing basketball for OSU meant to him, which would be another reason that he improved so much is that he just kept working um, to go along with the coaching. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that was one thing that I – I mean, whenever he, I, I get disappointed when he'd leave the ball game. <laughs> when, when, when he would go to the bench, I think, oh, what, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and that's not something I would expect to think. But, but yeah, so it was, it was, it was, it was a good season for him, and I'm really excited about the future. We, um. Yeah, so but we ended the game losing against Western Kentucky. And let me tell you, that Hollingsworth kid, Tavares Hollingsworth, he's a good player. He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky. Sorry, KVR Hollingsworth, I'm sorry. What'd you say? He was Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky his senior year in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah, he, 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 I don't, it's one of those things that's like a directional school. So I kind of go into it thinking, who are these guys? <laughs> Yeah, and and it shocks me when they're it's actual players. It's like, oh, that's a guy who can do things, right? Well, and their coach Rick Stansbury is like a really solid recruiter, and he, you know, he was on staff at Texas A and M when they recruited a lot of the guys that they have right now. And if you remember Texas A and M from the beginning of the season, they they got some really good players. (laughs) So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he. They have a lot. They have a lot of good players. Um, Hollingsworth had thirty points for the game, nine of seventeen. Um, but yeah, they 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 really impressed me. Um, it drove me crazy how many. It was basically. It seemed to me like just layup drills nonstop for Western Kentucky. <laughs> Yeah, I think that uh, was, you know, that that's what they want to do because they, you know, they shoot a high percentage. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but I think that was a game that the wider lane really had an effect mm-hmm. on what was going on. That makes sense. Just well, a little bit more spread out. Lane, with the with the wider lane, um, you have to really think about where the lane is for the like defensive three set for the three second violations. Yeah, 
I, although and, you I know, mean, I I did get really tired of them continuously explaining the the rules, and I understand mm-hmm. that they kind of have to do that every now and again for people who aren't yeah. really paying attention. But if you're really paying attention and they keep saying something over and over again, really gets annoying. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me to explain it every single game because if someone just catches a basketball game, um, they have. Yes, but they explained it every single game. quarter. But I was thinking maybe maybe once a half, like at the beginning of the game, and then it also kind of made sense to do it at the beginning of the second half in case someone just flipped it on. But yeah, I it seemed that it was a little too much to explain it. Um, yeah, but I because because I, I did get it did get tiresome as they kept explaining it, and it was like, okay, we already know what the rules are. Um, how, what do you? Th- how did you think? What did you think about the rule changes? I mean, do you want to see them happen for college basketball going forward? Um, or is there anyone that you thought, well, that's ridiculous. Let's not do that. I, I hate the shot clock one where you only get twenty seconds off an offensive rebound. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't want to see that put in. I really like the the quarters where the fouls reset after the quarter break. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it speeds the game up because you don't, you don't get into a free throw contest with 13 minutes left in the half. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that one, you know, the, the lane and the three point line, who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really think it makes that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think it's ridiculous that college basketball, or at least men's college basketball, still does halves because everybody else does quarters, and I have no idea why men's college basketball hasn't gone to that yet. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have zero idea why. It makes no sense to me. I remember when I first heard when I first started getting into basketball. I, and I, I thought it was ridiculous, you know, as a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> and now, as a 34-year-old adult, my thought has not changed at all on that. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty arbitrary, you know. Yeah, You're I, still playing 40 minutes. Yeah. To, well, to me, just because I'm so used to watching the NBA or um, uh, just other sports... I'm I'm just so used to in my head the four quarters, um, which is weird because when I was watching the NIT game, it did take me a little bit to get used to that for college basketball. Well, yeah, it's different. But, but yeah, I, I the the best part, one of the best things about doing the quarters, which is what you discussed um, a few minutes ago, I like that you don't start shooting free throws with 13 minutes left in the, in, in the half or 10 minutes left in the half. So it, do, it does speed the game with, speed the game up with, which I like, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think they should switch to that. I mean, if they don't, I'm not going to be furious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, it's not like you're going to stop watching. Yeah. If they don't switch but, to quarters. But I, I would like for them to, um, Three-point line, I never really care where the three-point line is. Yeah, I mean, guys are always going to hunt it out. Yeah. And they move it up. They move it um, up and back so often in both the NBA and in college basketball that I just don't care. I mean, 
I, I don't think it affected the at least the OSU players any. I do I do have a problem with the three point line distance in the NBA right now because everybody wants to shoot the corner threes, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's going to the Houston Rockets, Golden State Warriors philosophy of just jack up as many threes as you can. Mm-hmm. So I want the NBA to move the three point line back to like twenty seven feet, and just a curved arc from sideline to sideline and completely eliminate corner threes. But that's never going to okay. happen. That's just what I want to happen because I want post players to come back. Yeah. Well, with the NBA, it's it's basically it's a copycat league, and anytime there's a really good team, um, team other teams are going to copy that. I mean, so the Warriors became big with their just three point shooters and their small lineups. So other teams are going to. But if, if another team shows up with two or three great post players or like a Tim Duncan, David Robinson, or a Kim and Ralph Sampson to go back in the 80s, um, Twin Towers lineup, then other teams, are, and, and they start dominating like crazy, other teams will copy that. I mean, it's, it's basically the ebb and flow of the NBA. I hope that happens. <laughs> you hope it kind of goes back to the other direction? Yes. I, well, I'm just I'm so partial to centers anyway. Yeah. It's just well, my well, we we grew up in the '90s, which was the best like four or five years of centers in basketball. Oh, there's some great ones. I mean, when with um, with um, Elijah and Ewing and Shaq. I mean, he got went into the 2000s, and David Robinson, and yeah, so. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm partial to that because I've mentioned before that growing up, my favorite team was the Rockets. So, yeah. I, so I, I would love to go back to that type of um, basketball. It's hard now because the big guys go – as um, the centers and the big guys going forward, um, they keep kind of moving back and back with their shots. So you have so many of those quote-unquote centers – or um, big players who are now shooting threes, <laughs> so that yeah. so they they're not they don't ha- they're not as much the back to the basket type players. I miss those. Well, we can do a um, we can do a whole podcast about about centers and how much <laughs> we miss <laughs> that type of basketball. And how much I love Stephen Adams. And how much he loves and Stephen Adams is one of those that's more of a traditional center. Yeah. So, so that's, that, 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 that's good that he's on the thunder for you then. So he can enjoy kind of a traditional center. Man, if he ever plays for anybody other than the thunder, I will instantly become a fan of that team. Okay. I, that sounds good. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, he's one of, and this has nothing to do with OSU, but he, he's one of those players that, you just like because he does whatever the team needs. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he just, he, he can score, he can put up 20 shots a game or put up one shot for the game and he doesn't care. Yeah. He's just, whatever the team needs, he's, he, he'll do it. He, you know, he's one of those that's probably, he probably could, it probably would help him to be a little more selfish than he is. But he's 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 doing he's doing better about getting a shot 
And if, if they would just feed him the ball more in the fourth quarter, yeah, that would be that That'd would be, be nice good for the Thunder. Yeah, but um, yeah, but back to um, back to what we're supposed oh, to be talking about. Yeah. So, so what was going on? I I was watching the game, um, like usual with the with it muted. Okay. Um, you were probably listening listening to Dave and John, yes. I would assume. So the whole thing with Tavares shine. Okay. And the technicals and the headbutt. Did they explain exactly what happened there? Um. Because I was watching it, and I I looked down, and the next thing I knew, Tavares Shine kind of gave a little headbutt. <laughs> it was like, what yeah. is going on here? It, it it made me think of Mario Bogan against Kansas State. Exactly. Yes, that was that was exactly where I went. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. The guy that he did it to was John the whole game, and mm-hmm. you know, Shine has shown a little bit of an attitude this year at, at times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he shouldn't have done it. Don't. Don't do stupid stuff like that because that was a big point in the game. Was, she was trying was to come back, game. and yeah, after that there was the door was kind of closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know if there was anything, anything more than bad. just yeah, guy being a bonehead. Uh, I I just didn't know why he did that in the first place because it was one of those things. It was at the end of the game, and I mean, you like that you like to act like. You want you want to act like every minute of a basketball game is equal, but it's really not. No, because the last five minutes, last quarter for the fourth quarter, if since we played that, last ten minutes, last five minutes are more important than the first five minutes. I mean, maybe not technically, but they are. <laughs> so so doing that at the end of the game, and. And at that point, I felt like OSU had a chance to come back. Once that happened, I felt that it was over. Yeah, it that I, was certainly the I mean the last straw. Like, I think it's like what you you don't do things to hurt your team, right? And that was and really anything like that. And I I couldn't even tell if you really headbutted him or if it was just a a very small con- amount of contact. Um, that it looked like a headbutt because it, it, it wasn't because it, it reminded me of Mario Bogans against um, K State, but Mario Bogans was a little more out there. It was it was a little yeah. more of a headbutt than this was. This was kind of like they were just they had their faces they had their heads together it looked like, and there was a tad bit of contact. Not yeah. ne- not near like the Mario Bogan one. No, it it certainly wasn't that bad, but it was. Not smart, and don't do things like that. Nah. Hopefully that's not the last thing he does for OSU, because it's... I can't figure out whether or not he's coming back. <laughs> it, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I mean, it was odd for him to walk at um, senior night. And that, and that just seems like he's not coming back. 
but I have no idea. We did learn um, that um, Brandon Averett is transferring. Yes. So, Not a complete surprise. So, no, no. Um, and we're going to – this one, this podcast is mostly talking about this past season. The next podcast we do, which will probably be next week sometime, um, hopefully this one will record both of our voices. So you won't have a longer, a longer wait. Um, but the next one will talk mainly about – what's in store for OSU basketball. Um, but it's with Averett gone, I mean, it wasn't really a surprise because um, with weather's coming in, which we'll talk more about next time, um, who's supposed to be really good from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen him, but I've heard that he's supposed to be really good. Averett's not going to, most likely not going to start next year. But it makes it... Right. But it makes a um, a very thin point guard position, as is, or a very guard, thin guard position, even thinner. So that's never any good. No, but you know, there's always there's always room for grad transfers and yeah, that I mean, sort of. And I, I'm pretty sure we'll get somebody else. I mean, I, I was expecting to get Kendall. I mean, we were worried about what was going to happen this year. Yeah. With with um, Jawan Evans leaving. And then Kittle Smith ended up coming. So I'm, I'm sure it'll all work itself out. Oh, yeah. But it's, um, yeah, so that, that I, I did think that um, Averett against Hollingsworth was the best battle of hair <laughs> that you will see. I was just mesmerized watching those two players play against each other. Just <laughs> watching, watching their hair was a sight to behold. For yeah. Me. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it, I'm probably the only person out there that thought that, but but it was it was it was great fun. Um, other than that, um, I don't know. We watched. Um, well, how about? Okay, so we know what OSC was going. Um, what they were picked to? Um, what how where they were picked to finish? Would you say this season as a whole was? A huge success was a little bit of a success, or not as like. How would you? Where would you say this season fit in? Based on, I guess, I guess based on where they, where they were predicted. Well, it was a, it was a good season. It wasn't a great season. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. So what? So would you say this? This was a, a successful season. Yeah. Okay. It was successful. It was. It wasn't as good I mean, as it could have been, but it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought I'd see OSU sweep Kansas. Yeah. In the regular season. <laughs> and, I never thought you'd see anybody do that. Nah. It was just. It was one of those seasons that was just made me laugh because OSU swept Kansas. They would beat these good teams. And then just lose games that they should win. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and if, you know, one or two of those games had gone the other way, they would have been in the NCAA tournament. But, um, but I mean, they were picked to um, finish last in the Big 12. And they got, was it eighth? Uh, so, I mean, tied for sixth. They got the eighth seed in the, sixth, in the so tournament. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so it was a successful season, and also you, in my opinion, you have to 
talk about whether it was a successful season kind of hinges on are we optimistic for the future? Yeah. So, and I think as optimistic as we are, you would have to say it was probably more successful. I think so. But, I mean, as the season was, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, we saw Kendall Smith and Jeffrey Carroll and Mitchell Solomon definitely had their last games. Carroll right. went up and down. Carroll went up and down this year. He had um, he had some games where he struggled and some games where he played well. He a lot of people were thinking he didn't do as well as he could have. He struggled throughout parts of the season. I mean, a lot of it also stemmed from how the season started. Yeah. With them, with them missing the first few games because of the FBI investigation and all that stuff. Well, I think if you. Uh... If you take how we felt, like maybe after the exhibition game, or right mm-hmm. before, or you know, right as the first regular season game was going to take place, I think you got to consider the season a success because I mean, I think I said to you when I found out Jeff Carroll was going to have to sit out that the season might be over before it started, mm-hmm. and that was not the case, fortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um... At the beginning of the season, we were more gloom and doom. <laughs> more, I mean, with with a hint of optimism because you have to have some. Yeah, otherwise you just yeah. cry. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, I based on where we expected them at the beginning, I, I would definitely say it was more successful. Um, but it's, it's it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I went into every game thinking OSU could win, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> and that's not something you know I was expecting to do. Yeah. So I mean, I was fully expecting. But was I mean, I really didn't think that they necessarily would. But I was kind of fully expecting them to be Kansas in the Big Twelve tournament. <laughs> I mean. Well, yeah, especially with Azubuki not playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, being them twice in a season was amazing. Being them three times would have been wonderful. But yeah, so it was a good season. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Oh, I suppose not. I and mean, if we're not, oh, this is we're not going to talk about next next season until next week. Then uh, we'll then, save that for next week. So so we have something to talk about next week. I you know I was just I was impressed by the crowds at the NIT games. Mm-hmm. Good good for that. Yeah. Um, especially because um, the the last two were during spring break. Yeah. So a lot of the um, a lot of the um, students were gone. Uh, the students were able to get them for free the last game because all the tickets were bought. Yeah. Um, and then the second to last game, I think like the first thousand or first something. I don't know if all students were able to get in for free. But I I was busy. I was wanting to because there were ten bucks just for general admission. Yeah. Well, and that should tell the administration something right there. Like, you're filling this place up because the NCAA is setting the ticket prices at ten and twelve dollars. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting yeah. thirty five for a midweek non conference game against Pepperdine. I don't know. Like, yeah. There's something wrong with that. Definitely. And the midweek games are always the hardest ones to fill up because you have so many people coming from Oklahoma City or Tulsa 
yeah. getting off of work and having to go on a Wednesday night. Yeah, and then go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And really, it's it's it also is kind of harder in Oklahoma or the quote-unquote um, Bible Belt um, for a Wednesday night because a lot of people have church type activities. True. On that also, and and can't get away. So it's uh, you have you have so many things fighting against you. Might as well have the ticket prices not be one of those things. That's what I think. <laughs> well, when you're the um, when you're the AD, <laughs> then um, I expect you know ten dollar tickets all the time, and I will be excited. I will go to all the games. You'll go to all the games. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 man. So next week we'll talk about. Hopefully next week we'll talk about how we think OSU will do in the future. Maybe talk about some recruits. And talk about Boynton's new contract. He just that that came out today that he's going to sign. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I will talk to you later, bud. All right. Sounds good. Right, bye. Bye.